Where Three Waters Meet A new collection of short stories written and read by author Sylvia Cullen based around the theme of survival. This series has been funded and supported by Wexford County Council in partnership with Creative Ireland. The first story in the series is called Red Soldier. I stand on the topmost ridge of Anna Hill, bodies heaving all around me. They are exhausted, these yos, because I have driven them right up here at a running pace to find the sweet new grass that will help them give more milk for their young. I stop by a granite boulder, swallow water from my canister and look east. Beyond Gory stretches the sea. Some, such as my mother, long to sail across it. My world is here, on this bare hillside, with larks for morning company, ravens for the fall of night. In two years' time, the year 1700, I shall be a maid of seventeen. I shall no longer herd my father's flock, but run my own. Twenty yoes, two rams. For now, my father relies on me. I can whistle the sheep to me and move them with the help of my collie, Jacko, a black and white wonder. Together we spend these summer days crisscrossing the slopes of Anna. I speak to Jacko and the sheep, but not to any human. I see my family like dots in the distance, moving specks, their cries carried on the east wind. And again, when they come to bring me parcels of food. I miss the little ones and their clutching hugs, stroking fingers. The summer is mine, for open skies and falling stars. The autumn will be theirs, when I bring the sheep down from the hill and we rest from all the clambering, all that moving. That's when my siblings will surround me, asking for my best stories of summer and I will spin them yarns of Wicklow Merlins straying down into Wexford, seeking injury or any weakness in the flock from the air. And my mother will dream her winter dreams of crossing the sea, and my father will kick the log falling onto the hearth and clench his jaw, thinking about the good price he must get for his flock. To feed his family, but more so to be able to gloat after the spring fair, and say that he bet all round him for price. Tis I will give it to him to say, his one boast, guarding and minding the flock for him till that day. The yos are tearing at the new grass. Heaven is here, ladies, I tell them. All except one. Grania Whale, I call her, on account of her proud look and she chawn away. She's a divil, making me swing my crook this way and that to grab hold of her and check her little hooves for foot rot. Today, it's not her hooves that catch my eye, but her hanging ears and that expression I can't know how to describe. Haggard, maybe. I make my way over. No need for the crook. She slumps down under a furze bush and her whole body is racked with a painful-sounding cough. To my ears, it's like as if it's coming up from the very depths of her insides, choking her. 
I approach and she blinks her watery eyes, not at the sun, just listless, faltering, frail. Close by her side now, I notice the red blush on the skin of her face and my heart starts beating faster and my own breath won't come. There now, spots on her ears, just like my grandfather described from his days as a herd for the O'Toole's. Reddish spots appeared, just as now. Red soldier, the disease was called, he said. Others preferred swine plague or the blue sickness. Either way, the whole flock he was minding had to be destroyed. No, 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 I say to myself. This is not the red soldier among my father's flock. Not up here, half ways to heaven, encountering deer only. To be sure, from a distance, I stretch out my crook and press gently down on the largest spot on her left ear. A piercing cry is her response and I feel my bounden duty loom before me. Dread sucks at my innards, even as I draw out my knife. The brightness of her blood is startling. Arriving down at the cabin, the whole flock along with me, penned into the furthest field, I say the words, Red Soldier, the Swine Plague, and tell my father the sheep must be put to death. There are neighbours' animals close by. Bad enough our own flock diseased, without spreading the contagion. Hasty talk, Ailish. We've a few days yet. None of the rest showing signs? He eyes me, and I know who he sees, his own father. Killing is what must be done, you know it. I meet his eyes, you remember. He tells me he will sell, not kill. Sell and survive. I am to help him bring the flock to the fair in Gory. We stand apart, drinking water. Having driven the flock before us, losing only one yo on the road in from Hollyfort. None of the rest are displaying any symptoms, yet. My father shows off his sheep to all comers, cautious, ruminating men. The gory fair is full of them. When I return from giving Jacko a drink at the water truck, a young farmer from Coolgraney is studying the animals carefully. Three chaps and a fourth on the way, he tells my father, blushing. My insides warp. I overhear the haggling and the banter as I stand guard and Jacko keeps the yos moving so as they can be seen better. The young man waves his stick and shakes his head. Surely he will smell the deception. No, he's busy bargaining. My father stands firm, appealing to other farmers, beckoning his buyer from last year over and the pair of them guffawing together. I'm picturing the face of the young farmer's wife disrupting my dreams as she notices the first sign of sickness. And then his children, their future lying dead in the field, their faces driving sleep from me for good. I feel the blood drain from my face as I circle the sheep slowly, muttering the words as I pass him. Swine plague. 
No symptoms yet. Don't. The cool grainy man trains his eyes back on the yo's. He looks over at me again, giving silent thanks, just as my father transfers his stare onto me. The young farmer turns and leaves without a word. A few strides and my father is by my side, aflame with fury. Through clenched teeth he banishes me from Anna and my family. Pointless trying to prevail against him. Cast out, I whistle to Jacko and turn uphill, leaving the muck and the stench of the fair behind. Not long after, I hear that he sold to a farmer from Monaseed. And when the flock expired one by one in the little three-cornered field he brought them home to, the farmer turned up on the threshold of our cabin, and my father sent out Miles, my younger brother of thirteen, to listen to the abuse and despair of the Monaseed man, to have his ears filled with the bitterness of the deceived, and learn how his crook of a father had thieved. By day I walk the stony ground of Croken, the southern flank, across from Anna Hill. I run a large flock for a wealthy farmer from Ballythomas. Next year there'll be a pair of lambs of my own running with them. The year is turning and these August nights are cooler. My eyes are drawn down to the base of the valley. I see our cabin, my mother by the door, my siblings, dots of colour scurrying about. I can see them all, but I may not be among them. For now I can only look in on them from afar, across the great gulf of the Wicklow Gap. The red soldier has condemned me to a life apart. A mere mile or two as the crow flies, it may as well be fifty thousand leagues. With my finger I follow the running dots of my siblings. The same wind blows my hair as theirs. This I hold on to. Looking higher up on the hill of Anna, some days I make him out. My brother Miles, now herding for my father, leaping and flying over heather and bracken. And we loiter, the pair of us, until the sun begins to set in the far west. And then I shake the embers out of the cow's horn I've been carrying and set my fire alight. And he answers me, lighting his a different kind of red soldier. And I hold aloft one long branch of firs, waving the leaping orange flames back and forth. And over beyond, my brother responds, trailing golden tongues of fire across the night sky like a tork. And I am so far away, my voice will not carry. And I am so close by. I crook my finger behind my thumb and look through at the scarlet glow, searing it onto my mind's eye.